Welcome to the 215 Workman's Podcast. My name is Brother Robert Reynolds. I'm from KJB Right Division Radio in Lipa City, Batangas, Philippines. This is the podcast of myself and Brother Landon Dunn, and we appreciate y'all being with us today to hear this message that Brother Landon has for you. And we pray that it's a blessing to you and a help to you, and pray it helps you learn to rightly divide the word of truth. Amen. All right, so uh, what Brother Landon is uh, going to do is uh, he's going to preach a message entitled is Hebrews 10:25 talking to the church is Hebrews 10:25 talking to the church you know so you know many say that you know according to Hebrews 10:25 right uh, we are uh, to always you know be uh, in church services, you know, every time the doors are open and whatnot, you know, because Hebrews ten twenty five says, "Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together." All right, so let's see if uh, if this will apply to the body of Christ, the church. Amen. All right, so uh, without further ado, here is Brother Landon. All right, we're going to do a little study on is Hebrews 10.25 talking to the church? Is Hebrews 10.25 talking to the church? So if you would, open up your Bibles to book of Hebrews. Turn over to chapter 10. And we're going to read verses 24 and verse 25. All right, if you're there, we're, we're going to go ahead and start reading. Right here, the Bible says, And let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another, and so much the more, as ye see the day approaching. Now, we're, we're seeing this verse used here today openly and boldly to force a Christian to be in a church building. But first off, let me say that I'm not against a Christian going to church. That's not what I'm implying. Yeah, that's right, brother. If the church preaches and teaches correctly, then by all means, you know, the Christian needs to be there. I don't promote and I don't justify a person playing church hooky. Amen? <clears throat> but here's the question... You know, with with our text, here's the question: Who is this verse talking to? Right. You know, according to context, as as we will see, we won't find a church age, a church age saint anywhere. But notice a few things here. Number one, look right here: not forsaking the assembling. Look again at verse twenty-five. 
It says, Not forsaken the, assembly, the assembling of ourselves together, as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another, and so much the more, as ye see the day approaching. <clears throat> now, first off, is this a church building? You know, to say that this is being applied to a church building is really a big stretch. And where in the verse or, you know, or in the context do we see a church building? You know, that's an assumption where the verse doesn't say that. Look again closely in verse 25. It says, Not forsaken the assembling of ourselves together, as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another, and so much the more, as ye see the day approaching. Now, right here in our verse, we see a, we see an assembling together, but that doesn't mean that it's in a church building. Because if it was in a church building, it would say so. Let's notice some scriptural references for when we see assembling together, as we see in our text. Turn over to the book of John, in chapter 20. So flip back to the book of John, and we're going to look in chapter 20. Okay, if you're book of John, look down in verse 19. It says, Then the same day at evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut, where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews, came Jesus and stood in the midst and saith unto them, Peace be unto you. And when he had so said, he showed unto them his hands and his side, then were the disciples glad when they saw the Lord. Okay, right here, you know, they were they were assembled together, but it wasn't in a church. When they were assembled, it says they were assembled in a building. Because the doors were shut in a building. But we can't just make the assumption and say that it, that they were in a church. You know, it wasn't in a church, you know, or or else it would have said when the doors were shut, where the disciples were assembled in the synagogue. <laughs> no, it didn't say that. It just says they were assembled. Right. We'll get another reference. Let's go over to the Book of Acts in chapter one. So turn over to Acts chapter one. Okay, and we're going to read the first 14 verses here. Verse 1 down to verse 14. Okay, it says, The former treaties have I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began both to do and to teach, until the day in which he was taken up, after that he through the Holy Ghost had given commandments unto the apostles whom he had chosen to whom also he showed himself alive after his passion by many infallible proofs, being seen of them forty days, and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. Look right here in verse 4. 
and being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which saith he, Ye have heard of me. For John truly baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost, not many days hence. When they therefore were, were come together, they asked of him, saying, Lord, wilt thou at this time restore again the kingdoms of Israel? And he said unto them, It is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father hath put in his own power, but ye shall, but ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost is come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea, and in Samaria, and unto the uttermost part of the earth. And when he had spoken these things, while they beheld, he was taken up, and a cloud received him out of their sight. And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven, as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, which also said, Ye men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing up into, up into heaven? This same Jesus, which is taken up from you into heaven, shall so come in like manner as ye have seen him go into heaven. Then returned they unto Jerusalem from the mount called Olivet, which is from Jerusalem, a Sabbath day's journey. And when they were come in, they went up into an upper room, where abode both Peter and James and John, and Andrew, Philip, and Thomas, Bartholomew and Matthew, James, the son of Alphaeus, and Simon, Zelotes, and Judas, the brother of James. These all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication with the women, and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brethren. Now once more, we see the disciples assembled together, but it was in an upper room. Because if you notice back in verse 13, it said, and when they were come in, they went up into an upper room. Now this is where they were assembled. Because then if you look back in verse 4, it said, and being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem. So whenever they came in, they were assembled together in a, right there in Jerusalem, and then they went up into an upper room, which was in the building, that where they were assembled together in verse 13. They went up. <clears throat> this this shows that it's not a church building. Now another question to ask here is, can services be held in a person's house? Now, now even though I'm an independent Baptist, you know they say that you that you can't meet at home, and that you can't have church there, but you know within their logic. You know, they run back to the first point and continually tell you that Hebrews 10.25 says, Not forsaken the assembling of ourselves together. You know, and I've heard and I've heard and have been told that if you're not in the church building and you're at home, then you're not right with God. Yeah, really? That's what they say. You know, I can understand if a person is purposely not going, you know, if they're not going to church and they're just being lazy, then yes, they should be in church. Amen. But again, if all you have is churches around you that doesn't rightly divide, 
then I wouldn't subject myself to error and false doctrine. That's right, but brother. But they don't see that. But you know what good would it do to warm up the seat of a pew if you're not being fed? Hey, man. Notice this. If you're drinking from a glass that has some poison in it, guess what? That's still poison. Hey, man. Amen, brother. Preach Sitting it. in a pew doesn't determine a person's heart before the Lord. Now again, can services be held in a person's house? Yes, they can. Let's look at some verses. Look over in Romans chapter 16. We're going to read verses 3 to 5. Notice right here. Greet Priscilla and Aquila, my helpers in Christ Jesus, who have for my life laid down their own necks, unto whom not only I give thanks, but also all the churches of the Gentiles. Notice right here. Likewise, greet the church that is in their house. Yes, amen. What? Yes. Salute the church. <laughs> Salute my well-beloved Ephronitus, who is the first fruits of a K under Christ. It says, Likewise, greet the church that is in their house. Yes, the church is the church can be in a house. Look at First Corinthians chapter sixteen. Keep on flipping over. Okay, look at verse 19. The churches of Asia salute you. And notice from Romans 16, Aquila and Priscilla salute you much in the Lord with the church that is in their house. Okay, let's flip over. Let's keep flipping over. We've got a few more to go. Flip over to the book of Colossians. And as we're flipping over, I'm not trying to show verses to show like, well, since it says that we can meet in the house, and I'm not saying that let's never go to church again. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just showing that that if a person is having church in their house, they're not backslid. They're not their hearts. It doesn't mean that their hearts wrong with the Lord. That's right. I'm just showing, according to the Bible, you can meet at a house and have services. And still worship and serve the Lord. Amen, brother. Okay. In Colossians chapter 4, we're going to look at verses 15 and verse 16. It says, Salute the brethren which are in Laodicea and Nymphus, and the church which is in his house. And when this epistle is read among you, cause that, it, that, cause that it be read also in the church of the Laodiceans, and that ye likewise read the epistle from Laodicea. Okay. We got two, we got two more to look at. Let's flip over to, once more, book of Philemon. 
Thai Lehman. Look at verse 2. Philemon, Philemon verse 2. It says, And to our beloved Aphia, Archippus, and our fellow soldier, and to the church in thy house. Okay, then Acts chapter 20 and verse 20. And this is from the Apostle Paul. Notice right here, verse 20, Paul says, And how I kept back nothing that was profitable unto you, but, but have showed you and have taught you publicly. Notice right here, and from house to house. Amen. And he didn't say, and from church building to church building. He said, and from house to house. So yes, it's biblical that a church can meet in a house. Amen. Amen. Now, this whole concept that a person is backslid or not right with God because he's not in a building, you know, that's just a tradition of man. Because man's just wanting to force you to be in, a, be in his particular building. Otherwise, you're not right with God. Because I, I believe, honestly, that a man just wants to have you under his control. Yes. Now, I'm not against, you know, being under, under the, the rule of a pastor. I'm not against that. I'm all for that. But I'm just saying, in the church, there's a lot of tradition going on where they want to force you to be under their control so they can personally have their eye on you so they can say, well, I'm looking at him, so well, he must be right with God because I see him here. But you know, a person can sit on a pew and be cold and backslid on God 100% more than a person who's sitting at home having church and they're reading and studying their Bible, they're serving the Lord, they're giving out gospel tracts, they're preaching and teaching the Word. Amen. But just because that person is sitting there cold on the pew, then the then that pastor would just naturally assume, well, this person's right with God because he's here in the building. Now that's just a misconception. That's a false assumption on his part. Right. And wrongly so, if I might add. But notice here number two. As you see the day approaching, you know. What day? <laughs> well, let's look back in our text. Let's flip back over to Hebrews. <clears throat> okay, if you're back over to Hebrews 10, back in our text, let's, let's read verses 25 through 27. Okay, it says, Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another, and so much the more, you know, point number two, as ye see the day approaching. For if we sin willfully, after that we have received the knowledge of the truth, there remaineth no more sacrifice for sins, but notice this, but a certain fearful looking for of judgment and fiery indignation which shall devour the adversaries. Now, who is this talking to? Is it talking to a born-again child of God today? 
Well, verse 27 shows, you know, a certain fearful looking for a judgment and fiery indignation. Now, are we that are saved today scared of judgment and fiery indignation? No. We have a blessed hope, amen. Amen. Titus 2.13. No, looking for that blessed hope in the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. No, it's going to be a glorious day when the Lord calls us up. 1 Thessalonians 4.16 says that it'll be with a shout. <laughs> you know, and according to verse 17, we will meet the Lord in the air. We have no reason to be fearful because Paul ends in verse 18 by saying, Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. That's right, brother. You know, since, we're, since we aren't to be fearful, who then is this talking to? Notice on down with verse 38. So skip on down into context. Look at verse 38. It says, Now the just shall live by faith, now notice that semicolon, because that's important, and we'll get to that. Now the just shall live by faith, but, circle that, but, if any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. <laughs> but if any man draw back, let's keep reading. But, <laughs> notice that again, but, we are not of them who draw back unto perdition. You see that? We are not of them who draw back into per, unto perdition, but but of them that believe to the saving of the soul. You know, this is speaking about the tribulation period. Now Amen, the context brother. is dealing with Jacob's trouble. You know, yes. Israel, the Jews. You know, doctrinally, you know, to physically apply this to the church today, what is a person doing? What they're doing, they're ripping the verse out of its context, and they're trying to place us in the tribulation. Now, I know this may not be their intention, but what they're doing is spiritualizing a doctrinal verse and then using it to be physically applied today. You can't do that. That's wrongly dividing the word of truth, amen? Amen, brother. Notice again back in our text. Not for, it says, Not forsaking the, uh, the assembling of ourselves together, as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another, and so much the more, as ye see the day approaching. Because it says, For if we sin willfully, after that we have received the knowledge of truth, there remaineth no more sacrifice for sins, but a certain fearful looking for of judgment and fiery indignation which shall devour the adversaries. Now, you know, the day approaching, that isn't the rapture of the church. You know, as we see here in these verses, that's not the rapture of the church. That's a day of judgment. Flip over to 2 Thessalonians chapter 1. We're going to look at verses 7 down to verse 10. <clears throat> it 
Okay, notice right here. It says, And to you who are troubled, rest with us, when the Lord Jesus shall be revealed from heaven with his mighty angels in flaming fire, taking vengeance on them that know not God, and that obey not the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, who shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his power. When he shall come to be glorified in his saints and to be admired in all them that believe, because our testimony among you was believed in that day. <clears throat> now, when does this happen? You know, this whole time when he's to come back and be glorified with the saints, he comes back in flaming fire taking vengeance. When does this happen? Well, according to Matthew 24, with verses 29 through 31, and Revelation 19, verses 11 to 21, you know, we know that this happens at the end of the tribulation period. You know, he isn't standing on the clouds here where it says back in 1 Thessalonians 4, you know, that he himself, you know, the Lord, shall descend from heaven with a shout. No, it doesn't say that. It says he's coming back with a vengeance. In Revelation 19.11, it says that he's coming to make war. Then if you don't notice on down, and according to verse 15, it says... And out of his mouth go with a sharp sword, that with it he should smite the nations. You know, in our text, if a person forsakes the assembling of themselves together, you know, and they sin willfully, and they draw back, you know, it says unto perdition, and they draw back, what do we see? We see them losing their salvation. You know, and when the Lord comes back, they'll go straight to hell. They say, why? Well, because according to Matthew 24, 13, they didn't endure until the end. And you know, as Matthew 24, 13 says, you know, that he, but he that shall endure until the end, the same shall be saved. Well, they didn't endure until the end. They drew back unto perdition. So when the Lord comes back, they'll go straight to hell. You know, but let's let's notice a few things here in our text verses back in Hebrews. Okay, look at verse 26. It says, For if we sin willfully, after that we have received the knowledge of the truth, there remaineth no more sacrifice for sins. Now, this is con that's contrary to salvation today. Because if you look over in First uh, John chapter uh, verse chapter one verses seven to ten, notice what that says. Okay, chapter one seven to ten. Okay, it says, "But if we walk in the light, as He is in the light, we have fellowship." one with another and the blood of Jesus Christ his son cleanseth us from all sin if we say that we have no sin we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us but notice in verse 9 if we confess our sins he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness if we say that we have not sinned we make him a liar, and his word is not in us. 
You notice right here, according to verse 7, that, that's dealing with fellowship. That's not talking about salvation. That's right. This this These verses here is, is in talking about fellowship. But back in verse 26, it says, For if we sin willfully, after that we receive the knowledge of truth, there remaineth no more sacrifice for sins. Christians today, myself included, none... We all sin willfully, one point or another in our lives. None yes. of us have arrived. None of us are without sin. Because if, <laughs> if we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar, and his word is not in us. That's complete contrary to salvation today to say that if we sin willfully, there remains no more sacrifice for sins. So we know that that's not speaking to us. Amen? Then look, at, then look down verse 27. It says, but a certain fearful looking for of judgment and fiery indignation which shall devour the adversaries. And then on this note right here, we're not looking for fire and judgment. Look right, back brother. in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. Now I'm sure turning over here, most everybody knows... Most everybody who's familiar with their Bible, they know they know what these verses are. And amen. Okay. Chapter 4 here. Let's read verses 13 to 18. <clears throat> it says, But I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that ye sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God. And the dead in Christ shall rise first, then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. <clears throat> Does that sound like fire and judgment? <laughs> now, there's... It's, it, we can clearly see the contrast right here, and we can notice and see that there's two different things being applied here, two different two different periods being dealt with. Because right here, this is Paul speaking to the believer. He tells us that we sorrow not, and he also tells us comfort one another. Well, if there's to be a comfort, then we can clearly see right here from verse 27, back in the text, that the person that willfully sins, it says that a certain fearful looking for a judgment and fiery indignation shall devour the adversaries. When the person sins here in text, they're fearful and they're looking for fire and judgment because when the Lord comes back, as we're going to cover, He's coming back with judgment and fiery indignation. Does that sound like we're supposed to sorrow not? Does that sound like Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. Now, we see something different right here.
Okay, and notice, notice verse 36. It says, For ye have need of patience, that after ye have done the will of God, notice this, ye might receive the promise. <laughs> well, according to Paul, we receive salvation the moment that we believe. Because if we look back in Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 13, Notice what it says. Well, actually, before we read verse 13, let's look back one verse. It says that we should be to the praise of his glory who first trusted in Christ and whom ye also trusted after that ye heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and whom also after that ye believed you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. Does that sound like you might receive the <laughs> you might receive the promise? No. For right there in that time of you know during the tribulation, if they endure to the end, then they will receive the promise. But today, today in the church age, Paul tells us the moment that we believe, no, he says in whom we also trusted, after that ye heard the word of truth. You know, Romans 10, over in Romans 10, how shall they hear without a preacher? For faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. And whom ye also trusted, after that ye heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation. And whom also, after that ye believed, ye were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. You know, after that ye believed. What did we believe? We believed the gospel of salvation. Amen. 1 Corinthians 15, 1-4 Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel, which I preached unto you, which also ye have received, and wherein ye stand, by which also ye are saved, if ye keep in memory what I preached unto you, unless ye have believed in vain. And here's what we believed. For I deliver unto you, first of all, that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins, according to the Scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day, according to the scriptures. And for the people that didn't, that want to deny the, the the death, burial, and resurrection, who who want to look back and say, "Well, that didn't happen. I can't believe this." Well, there's proof of this. Verse five, and that he was seen of Cephas, then of the twelve. After that, he was seen of above five hundred brethren at once. There's proof. There, there's no excuse. There's proof. <clears throat> but with verse 36, you know, verse 36 doesn't show faith alone, you know, as it does today. Because he says, um, For ye have need of patience, that after ye have done the will of God, ye might receive the promise. Look over in Revelation 14 and verse 12. You know, since this is dealing with the tribulation, look in Revelation 14, 12. Notice this verse right here. 
And also, let's, let's memorize this verse because this is a very important verse for during the tribulation. It says, Here is the patience of the saints. You know, verse 36, For ye have need of patience. Okay, look here. Here is the patience of the saints. Here are they that keep the commandments of God and the faith of Jesus. Amen. That's not faith alone. Faith alone, we would just see the faith of Jesus, right? Now, right here, right here, according to verse 36, it says, Here is the patience of the saints. Here are they that keep the commandments of God. That right there, that's works. And this will go right with our next one that we're going to look at in verse 38. So, let's look at verse 38. So, it'll go right along with this. <clears throat> Notice, now the just shall live by faith. Remember that semicolon? It says, now the just shall live by faith. And notice again, but, don't you just love that? But, if any man draw back, <laughs> if any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. Hmm. Let's notice something. Let's look in the book of Habakkuk. Let's look in the uh, flip over to Habakkuk chapter two. And notice right here in verse four. And this is this is really important and you know, as Bible believers, we look we look very carefully and very closely at the words. Words are important. Notice right here it says, Behold, his soul which is lifted up is not upright in him. But look right here. But the just shall live by his faith. Notice that. His, the just shall live by his faith. You know, already, for according to how salvation is today, and how salvation is during the tribulation, we have two different types of faith shown here. With the first one, as we just looked in Habakkuk, it says, His faith. The just shall live by His faith. You now, we see the same faith shown in Revelation 14, 12. You know, here are they that keep the commandments. You no, know, they have to keep the commandments. And this is, and the faith of Jesus. But notice the second faith, and this is for today, for us. The just shall live by faith. Okay, and for this, we're going to look over in the book of Galatians in chapter 2, verse 20. Give me just a second. <clears throat> okay, notice right here, verse 20. It says, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith 
of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Now, according to the two here, we see one faith is of man, and the other faith is of God. You know, if you look closely and you're an honest Bible student, you, you can't help but see this. You know, in verse 38, you know, right here in verse 38 here, we, we have man's faith, where it's by his faith, but then he can draw back and lose salvation. But you know, today is different. Because as we notice right here, remember when we, re we was reading Ephesians 1.13, it said, And whom ye also trusted, after that ye heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and whom also after that ye believed, it says ye were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. You know, if we were to... Today, it's possible for a person to be like, Nah, I don't want to do this anymore, and just step back. But, according to the tribulation, right there in the book of Hebrews, if a person draws back, there remains no more remission for their sins. There remains no more sacrifice for sins. But it says, but in a certain fearful looking for a fiery, looking for a judgment and fiery indignation, a person draws back, they lose their salvation. But for us, we're sealed. We're, it says, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. If a person today, just, they get overwhelmed with the ministry, they get overwhelmed with life around them, like, oh, I don't want to do this no more. And like, oh, I, Lord, I'm not doing this no more. Do they lose salvation? No. Nope. As it does, as they show it in Hebrews for during the tribulation? No, we see a complete different time frame. That's There's right. a different dealing with the way God deals here in the church age to the way God deals during the time of the tribulation. So what happens, so what, you would ask, well, what happens if a person, you know, as... As the person you know just draws back, like they would in the, during the book, in the book of Hebrews ten, there according to the tribulation. Well, a good place to look for a scriptural reference for that is if you flip over to the book of Second Timothy. Turn over there, chapter Second Timothy two thirteen. And this is why it's so important that we look closely at scripture and rightly divide the word of truth. So instead of looking at verse 13 first, as I've said many times, let's look at it in context. Okay, let's uh, let's start up right here, verse 11. I know it's not the full context, but let's just look a couple verses before. It says, It is a faithful saying, for if we be dead with him, we, we shall also live with him. Look right here. If we suffer, we shall also reign with him. If we deny him, he also will deny us. And this right here, verse 13. Here's the verse. If a person today would draw back. If we believe not, yet he abideth faithful. And look right here. He cannot deny himself. <laughs> you know, today's different. If we believe not, yet he abideth faithful. He cannot deny himself. <laughs> you know why not well because of Ephesians 1 13 he 
God himself, he sealed the Holy Spirit of promise inside us. He abided faithful because he's the one that sealed the Holy Spirit in us. It wasn't nothing that we done. We can't do nothing to save ourselves. We can't do nothing to keep salvation. It's all a work of God. Amen? He sealed the Holy Spirit in us. He did the work. He does the keeping. He did the sealing. We That's didn't right. seal ourselves. He sealed us. Amen? Amen. Today is different. So back in our text, who is this text talking to? Well, according to everything that we looked at so far and read according to the context, you know, it's talking to the Hebrews, Jews in the tribulation, you know, that have to endure unto the end to be saved. Matthew right. twenty four thirteen. It's not speaking to us today because Amen. we are saved. Yes. We're not looking to be saved. You know, we're not <laughs> we're not looking to where we might receive the promise. Ephesians 1.13, we're sealed and saved. We're saved now. You know, we're not waiting to be saved. We are saved, amen? <laughs> amen, brother, amen. All right, thank you so very much, Brother Landon, for this message. Um, I, I agree, you know, that if, if there is a, a church... You know, that rightly divides the word of truth. You know, then we should be there. You know, if it's, if it's, you know, um, in your area, you know. And, um, but if you have no rightly dividing church around you, then why subject yourself to false doctrine. You know, the it could be possible, you know, that the more you hear something, now you're going to hear and hear and hear that false doctrine, it very well could sway you away from the truth. You know, but if there is no rightly dividing uh, church around you, you know, then you know you can you can assemble in your house. Yeah, you know, and and look at this. You know, Hebrews ten twenty five, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together. As the manner of some is, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as ye see the day approaching. Alright, so not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together. It doesn't apply to the body of Christ. It's speaking of those in the tribulation period. But, even, even if, even if, you know, say me and my family got together... You know, and on our uh, dining room table, you know, and we did a Bible study together. We're still assembling. You know, me and Brother Landon, we we do uh, a, a Bible study on on Discord. 
you know, we're still assembling. You know, a church is not the building. We are the church. We are the body of Christ. Amen? So, if you, if you disagree with me, you have every right to do that. You know, and and that's fine by me, you know. But again, Hebrews ten twenty five does not apply to the body of Christ, the church. It's for those in the tribulation period. Amen. All right, I'll go ahead and uh, and I'll stop right there. Uh, thank you so very much uh, for being with us uh, today. Thank you for your prayers for us, our families, our ministries. Uh, please continue to pray for this podcast that the Lord will continue to use it mightily. Amen. All right. Once again, thank you so very much. Until next time, God bless you.